listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. The podcast, back for another week under masks. We'll just mask up. COVID won't postpone the podcast. Ryan Schweitzer along with Craig Boschman here. Uh, yeah, home and home with Saskatoon that the Broncos are coming off of. And uh, I, I was lucky enough to be able to watch both games. I... I know at times, and, and we'll certainly talk to Devin Pratt about this in the coaches segment, there's been times where maybe we've gotten two points where we shouldn't have, but I felt that both games, the guys deserved a better fate. Yeah, it's kind of funny how the game works sometimes. You know, you touched on, I mean, even though we're going to talk to Devin Pratt about this later, but the last three games against Lethbridge, the Broncos maybe didn't play the best hockey, but got five out of six points and then really did play two pretty solid games Friday and Saturday against Saskatoon, but, um, you know, find themselves on the wrong end of 6-4 and 4-1 final scores so kind of uh, you know a cruel result based off the way they played this past weekend but I guess the encouraging sign is that the team did play better overall and you hope uh, now they can kind of just carry that into this coming weekend. Yeah I thought they played good I thought there were some some borderline calls that that maybe went against them but in any event uh, a good showing against uh, the Saskatoon Blades you know a very very talented hockey team and uh, Swift certainly showing that they can hang with them and they'll have to hang with good hockey teams because some very very challenging times are ahead on the schedule. Yeah, Calgary Hitman coming here to town this this uh, Friday. They're playing in Moose Jaw tonight, so by the time this podcast comes down, the result of that game will already be uh, finished, but uh, Friday night home matchup against Calgary. First time since November 12th, the Broncos will have seen uh, the Hitman. That was a 5-1 win here at the Iplex, and Calgary's made some ch- uh, trades over the course of the season. Some pretty big ones. They already had moved uh, Luke Prokop by then, but uh, most recently traded their captain, Jackson Vandalese, to Red Deer, so uh, some big changes for Calgary. They won in a shootout in Regina on Tuesday. And then the following night, another matchup against Lethbridge. That's going to be, what, meeting number five in the season, I think? Five of eight. So uh, important matchups against uh, those two teams. And then a really busy week next week with four games, Red Deer at home, and then a three-game trip through Alberta with uh, Red Deer, Edmonton, and Calgary. And Calgary. So busy stretch and uh, some important games coming up for this team. Yeah, definitely. And it'll be interesting to see the Calgary hitmen who, I mean, I guess by by definition, you'd call them sellers at the trade deadline uh, and an interesting trade deadline. It came and went. It was January 17th this year. Normally it's on the 10th. It was pushed back a week as many things are scheduled differently during these trying times. But uh, interesting that uh, the Swift Current Broncos completely standing pat on WHL trade deadline. Yeah, I think a combination of, you know, certainly not wanting to, to move any or too many future assets, um, you know, for, for upcoming years and also not wanting to maybe disrupt a little bit of the chemistry in the room we know how much those guys uh, really enjoy each other's company basically every single person in that locker room so uh, the confidence within the group is there from the management the coaching staff side of things they they believe in this group and they believe that this group can make a playoff push and you know try and do some damage down the stretch here so I'm sure calls are being made from interim GM Chad Leslie and calls were incoming to him but at the end of the day I guess nothing was uh, enticing enough to to end up making a move and nothing happened for the Broncos on trade deadline yeah yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get interim head coach Devin Pratt to touch on that in just a little bit. He'll be joining us. And also our feature guest this week is uh, a guy who came to us around end of October, beginning of November, and uh, has really made a strong case for himself to be a part of this hockey club well into the future, and that's Caden Sadrick-Hang. Yeah, I picked up kind of a, an under-the-radar move. Just, you know, the Broncos were, were dealing with some injuries at the start of the season and needed somebody to come in and play, and 
picked up a guy in Caden Sadrakang who was kind of on the lower end of the depth chart in, in Lethbridge, but has played himself into a, a top four, you know, position here with the Broncos just with the way that he's played. So I know the coaching staff is really impressed with the way that he's developed and his skating ability uh, to kind of separate himself from other players. So Caden's uh, done an outstanding job ever since coming here. And that's kind of the case or the way it is sometimes. A player just needs a fresh start. He needs somewhere that believes in him enough to give him regular ice time to show what he can do. And the Broncos did that with Caden Sadrick-Hang. And now they're, they're the ones reaping the benefits of that trade. Yeah, yeah. Great to see him playing so well and, and finding a home here in Swift Current. Some Bronco news dropping last week. And what an exciting year it's been from an NHL Central Scouting perspective with this organization. Because it seems every time they drop new rankings, there's another member of the Swift Current Broncos on there. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Bedahar sneaking on this one there. I think it was 153rd overall for North American skaters. And uh, I saw a list again this morning on uh, on The Athletic. Uh, it was the top 32 for the draft. So including all the European players and Owen Pickering coming in at number 15 on that list. So uh, great to see the, you know, the, the attention that these players are getting. Well-deserved for all of them. And I uh, really just can't wait for the, the July draft coming up in uh, in Montreal. Right on. Our feature guest on Broncos this week is defenseman Caden Sadra-Kang. That chat is coming up, but in the much more immediate future, we'll have a conversation with interim head coach Devin Pratt on Broncos This You're Week. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Coach's show on the podcast, interim head coach Devin Pratt joining us. Uh, Devin, if you listen to the past few weeks of Coach's shows, uh, it's an interesting scenario after the, the weekend home and home with Saskatoon because you've had plenty of games where maybe you felt like you didn't get the full effort but still got the two points. And after seeing both games of that home and home with Saskatoon, kind of felt like you guys deserved a better fate. How did uh, how did you and Matt see things? Yeah, no, exactly. I think, um, you know, a few breakdowns in the finer details that end up costing us. But as an overall, uh, we are much more comfortable as a staff where our game is at. Um, after these two games with Saskatoon, we thought that, uh, you know, full 60, uh, the engagement, the effort was there. Uh, both games, we created more scoring chances. Um, so it just... Uh, you know, we come out of Lethbridge 2-0-1. Uh, we're not overly happy with the way we're playing, but we're finding ways to win and uh, kind of flip the script and the hockey gods serve us back with, uh, you know, two quality efforts, uh, 120 minutes of good hockey and just uh, kind of chasing it, getting down in both games and then chasing them and uh, just not having uh, given ourselves the opportunity to get back in it, but uh, not from a lack of effort, that's for sure. Certainly love to see the compete level. I mean, down by three early in the third period in that Friday game. I think it would have been easy to close up shop and focus on Saturday, but the guys pushed back to make it a one-goal game, and same sort of thing in on Saturday's game. You're down 2 nothing after one. Get an early one in the second, and it's a 2-1 game until the final couple minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's, uh, it's a good sign for us. There's no quit. Um, we're trying to find answers. We're trying to find solutions right till the final buzzer, so proud of our guys for that, and as I say, as a staff, uh, we liked where our game was at after those two games although the results aren't there it's uh, sometimes tough to communicate to the guys that um, you know in these two losses we feel we've played better than we were previous to that so uh, we're looking to just kind of continue that and I think it's important for us that uh, you know when we get down we don't let it slip to two don't let it slip to three keep it a 
little bit closer, keep it that one score or that one goal, sorry. And, uh, you know, uh, we've uh, had lots of success when we score first too. So getting out and getting the jump. And I thought in both games we had a lot of jump in the first five minutes. Well, it would be great if on our podcast for today we were talking about last night's game against Winnipeg and asking you to break down things of, of that nature. But once again, COVID has intervened. And I know you've touched on it before on the Coaches Show on the podcast here, but, uh, you know, is it is that a bit of a challenge because you do come off two great games against a competitive team against Saskatoon and then suddenly, bang, you're not playing? Yeah, I think it um, it is in a way. But at the same time, we're now we're expecting this um, to rear its head a few times, you know? Um, so hopefully we can get through the weekend with two games and then it's, you know, it's just one of those scenarios where we need to be flexible and fluid, like I've mentioned. And, um, you know, it's not waking up on game day and finding out you're not playing that night. We have, we got lots of notice. We knew, uh, that things weren't going to be able to progress forward with that game last night. So, um, on the other side of it, I think if we get the opportunity and we reschedule this game down the road, it's always nice going in against the, your division and the league's best off of a couple wins, um, whatever it may be, and just kind of riding that because, uh, yeah, you want to go into them uh, primed up as best you can. Well, and speaking of this weekend, two home games coming up. The first one against Calgary on Friday. They're playing in Moose Jaw tonight, and you haven't seen Calgary in over two months. November 12th, the last time you saw them was a 5-1 win. Uh, important game, not only with the division rival aspect of it, but they're also just five points up uh, in the standings, so very uh, important couple of games coming up this weekend. Yeah, no question. I mean, every game is important. Uh, now we, we add to that their home ice, so um, that adds a degree. And then you put in two teams that are kind of in that mix with us of jostling for a playoff position. So uh, very important. Uh, the games in hand also add an element to that, uh, making it a bit of a four-point game. So, yeah, we find uh, we just we need to focus on ourselves, uh, establish our game. We had success against Cal last time we played them here on home ice uh, and we've had success against Lethbridge there as well so we can't rest on that we need to be prepared and ready to uh, compete and go to battle here I want to ask you about uh, the mood in the room the uh, January 17th trade deadline has uh, has come and gone uh, no moves for this franchise and I imagine you know that there's maybe a little bit of relief the day after the trade deadline when you go around the room are you seeing any of that yeah, I think the guys, you know, that they embrace it. It's part of uh, your journey in junior hockey. And, uh, you know, we had a couple moves earlier um, before the deadline that, um, you know, bringing Hurley in and signing him um, has gave us depth up front and then making the move with Van Imp, um, we feel has given us some depth on the back end too. So uh, there wasn't, it wasn't an overly active deadline around the league either. Um, but for our guys, I think, you know, it's... Um, it's a sign of our belief in them that we believe in, uh, you know, what we're trying to accomplish here this year and, and, uh, the members that we have in there that they can take care of that and do the job. So, uh, it's important that we have, uh, we progress and we, we get better in the second half of the season and the games get tougher too. The competition gets tougher. Everyone's kind of going through the same, um, bit and you look at, uh, you know, other teams are, are being competitive and finding ways to win their games too. So, uh, it's just important that we kind of stay with it and stay at it and stay positive. But I think, you know, uh, maybe a sense of relief from the unknown. 
um, because you just never really know whether something's going to happen or not. But uh, in the end, I think it's just, uh, like I say, um, it's a, a push of confidence here from our staff that the, in the group that we have in there. I'm going to say the quiet part out loud now. Um, Isaac Poulter, still a member of the uh, of the Swift Current Broncos. Why he is is between Chad and the league's other general managers. But, you know, he's here. He's going to finish his Western Hockey League career as a Bronco. You know, c- can you touch on that a bit? Yeah, I think, you know, just to add to that, the dynamic of it, you know, Isaac's such an important part of our team. Um, so if we're going to move him, we need to have value back, and we need, to, we need to see that value back. And then being with that, too, I think Isaac has embraced uh, – the opportunity to be here, uh, the opportunity to be a leader in his final year and hopefully, you know, take a, a franchise that he's kind of grown and struggled along with as a as a team and, and see them have success and push themselves into the playoffs and he takes pride in that. So, um, you know, trading 20-year-olds uh, is always a unique situation. I think for him it became a little bit more unique in being a goalie as well and that comes down to a lot of other teams' needs and uh, where they feel with their guys and what they're comfortable with so I mean uh, as a staff here ourselves we're, we're ecstatic that Isaac's still with us uh, we think that he is uh, a model citizen in our room for other guys to learn from he carries himself the right way uh, he's a Bronco through and through and he has a lot of pride in being here so uh, we're uh, we're excited uh, as is he you touched on uh, bringing in Ty Hurley just a little while ago and a guy who hasn't hit the score sheet yet, but he has been very noticeable over his three games so far. Yeah, he's got a nice little motor to him, um, and he closes gaps quick. He's great on the forecheck. Uh, he's strong positionally, and, uh, you know, I thought that um, in each of these games, they on both sides of it you know we haven't separated ourselves but we haven't been separated on either so uh, ice time has been a little bit tougher to kind of share um, and to be out there but uh, you know he's progressed himself from each game taking on a little bit more and taking on a little bit more and kind of has shown and grown that trust in our staff here that we're going to be able to utilize him in some other situations as well and give him some more ice so I really like what I've seen out of him for his first three games I think he's got his feet wet and uh, we're just going to see continued growth. We've been chatting with Swift Current Bronco interim head coach Devin Pratt. Devin, thanks so much for making your way to, to this end of the rink and, and having a chat with us today, man. Thank you, guys. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Time for our feature guest on the Broncos This Week podcast. It's uh, Caden Sadra-Kang, who became a member of the Swift Current Bronco family uh, this past November after a trade with the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Welcome to the podcast, man. It's uh, good to have you on board here. How's Thank the, you for having uh, me. How's the Swifty experience been for you so far? Oh, uh, it's definitely unique, you know. Not a lot of cities are this small in the league, so... Uh I don't know. I just kind of had to get used to it at first because I wasn't used to such a small city. You know, Lethbridge is obviously 100,000 people, but this is uh, 18,000. So, yeah, it was definitely quite quite small, quite an adjustment, but I, I like it. It's, it's really close. Everybody's Everybody knows each other. You know, the fan base is good, and I like the city. There's no, Nothing's really far away when you drive, so it's uh, nice for that. Well, and let's talk about the move here. Obviously, you started the season with the Lethbridge Hurricanes, and it wasn't that long into the year that you became a member of the Broncos. Um, I know you and I had talked about this earlier this year, but can you kind of rehash how that whole situation played out for you leading up to the trade to Swift? <laughs> yeah, so um, basically, it was actually quite quite a day. Uh, so I played two games with Lethbridge, uh, both against Calgary, and I, I played pretty well. And then, you know, we just had a lot of older defensemen. We were a few 03s, a lot of 01s, 02s. So, you know, obviously, it was tough to get into the lineup so 
I decided, you know, maybe I had to ask for a trade, and that's what that's what happened and brought me to Swift Current. And, uh, yeah, so I'd woken up that morning at 9 o'clock, went to the rink, and got told I had gotten traded. It was kind of a shock to me because I didn't know exactly when, when it was going to happen and hadn't gotten any warning. But, yeah, it's basically what happened. Then right away it took 30 minutes to pack all my stuff in my billet house and four-hour drive here and then had to play a game against Edmonton. So it was quite the day. Quick turnaround, and, you know, you always marvel at the lives of junior hockey players when you hear stuff about that. Uh, you know, playing against your former team as well, uh, you know, a couple points against them. You've, uh, you, you've played those guys well. A little extra motivation going into those games? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely been a war, uh, in my opinion. That's what a lot of the guys joke about. You know, you're going to war hanger, but, uh, yeah, it's it's... It's really, in my opinion, it's different than playing anybody else just because you know them all personally. They know you personally. So you got a different connection when you're playing out there. And it was uh, it was very exciting. I, I did get a bit nervous when I first uh, when I first played them the first game, but then the nerves calmed down and uh, I just, I got more excited every time I played them. Well, and speaking of connections, you actually had a connection to the Broncos before you came here because you played at St. George's Academy at the U18 level and your coach was Jason Becker who played for the Broncos for a couple of seasons in the mid-90s. Um, longtime Broncos fans would know Jason Becker. I'm pretty sure he served as captain in his 20-year-old mm -hmm. season as well. So yeah. can you kind of tell us about uh, your experience at the U18 level? I know it's kind of crazy balancing all the hockey and the school side of things. Well, uh, first I just want to say I had no clue about that. That's actually pretty nuts that he played here. So, uh, wow, small world. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely... A a tough experience because you know you're going to practice uh, especially for us we we weren't allowed to practice during school day or school time so it was either 5 a.m in the morning or we were practicing at 4:30 uh, in the afternoon so it was definitely a lot of homework and a lot of schoolwork we had to deal with but also then we had to deal with hockey and the stresses but i don't know i just treated it like school was the main stress and then when i went to go play hockey all the stress was gone and i was just doing what i love so really if you i think if you look at it that way then it's just the same as any other if you're going to school and playing hockey with a club team because in my opinion, hockey's just it's just something I get to do for fun and I'm really excited about that. So yeah. What was the uh what was the path to the Western Hockey League for you? You were a Bantam draft guy, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so take us through that day. You know, we always love talking about that. You know, where were you when, when you got the call that you were drafted into the Western Hockey League? It's actually kind of a crazy story because I had no clue I got drafted because uh, we had a school camping trip, and I was in the middle of Wanda Fuca on the, on the Vancouver Island, and I had no clue. I totally forgot when the draft was, and I woke up one day, and I was like to my friend, I'm like, we're in the middle, like, we're in the middle of nowhere, and I'm like, dude, I think the WHO drafts this today. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. And then uh, it was like three more days of hiking, three more days of uh, just looking around in nature. And then I came back home, got picked up by uh, my uncle, actually. And he told me, you know what, you got drafted. And I was like, oh, wow. I, I didn't, personally, I didn't think much of it because I wasn't a top-end talent, obviously. But it was it was cool that day just to hear that I got drafted and I got recognized by a team. And, you know, I was I was excited. I was really excited about that. But, yeah. So you mentioned you didn't really think about it too much at the time, but after it happens and then as the training camp arrives, your first camp in Lethbridge, does it start to change your mentality and thinking that I really want to, to focus more on this? Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, I got drafted ninth round, so I didn't see much of it. But then as soon as I started going to the training camps and stuff and I, I started really understanding what the WHL life was like and how players acted up there, and I was like, wow, this is actually, you know, it's possible to make it and it's just another step in my career. And I was, I did get excited about the opportunity and was uh, – it did open my mind to other, other ways other than college. That's pretty wild that we got two ninth round guys that are eating up big minutes on our blue line, you know, yourself and Owen Pickering. How's the, uh, how's the fit been with the guys on the blue line? 
Oh, it's it's been good. I really I re- I really like the way we have it. Obviously, we do have a lot of lefties. We have I think uh, like five lefties, two righties. So it's it's tough because I got to play my other hand. But I actually like the fact that I'm getting challenged out here and I'm I'm able to play the other hand and just adapt to the situation I'm in. And it's definitely helped me improve in the player I am and become more versatile. And yeah, I do enjoy the fit. One very noticeable thing about you and Owen Pickering's game is the fact that you're very large. You're both six foot four, but also both of you guys are skating. Uh, how did you develop to such the, a smooth skater that you've become? Honestly, I I don't have like a exact path of how I did it. I, I was, in my opinion, I was I was I was a pretty weak skater when I was younger and. Uh, uh, especially through Bantam and Pee Wee, I wasn't the best skater, so I just had to be playing back in back back in the game, back in the zone. I was a really defensive defenseman, but then I think it was just one summer I went to a went to I changed it up and I went to a skating camp, and uh, it was a different one than I'd ever gone to, and it was called Quantum Hockey, and. In my opinion, my dad says it was just because I got stronger. That's why I'm a better skater. But in my opinion, I think they really helped a ton. And right after I'd done that camp for about three weeks, it I just it just clicked and my skating just somehow improved a lot more than it had before. So, yeah, I think it was that camp in a mix of me just, you know, really getting in the gym and working on my legs and making that a centerpiece of where I work out. And I think that's just what happened. We, we always ask the classic question, who's an NHLer that you would compare your game to? But you're, you're, you're clearly a smart guy. You're a good talker. I'm going to ask you that question with a little bit of a wrinkle in it here. So when you started playing hockey, who did you idolize and who did you want to be like? But then once you started playing, who did you find that your game turned more yeah. similar to? Uh, so when I was younger, uh, I, I idolized Bobby Orr just because, you know, it's Bobby Orr. He yeah. goes hand to hand. He scores all the goals he wants. And I did kind of play like that when I was in, like, hockey four, hockey three. So it wasn't like really competitive but I was just I did like to try and go end to end try and score goals and yeah I tried to become that player but then obviously as you get older everyone gets better the competition gets deeper and I I decided to you know maybe I got to be a little more defensive because I'm not the best skater anymore I, I I need to be able to make plays in my own D zone and that's when I kind of back then I didn't really have a comparison but now in my opinion my I think I I, I try and be Jacob Slavin the most mm-hmm. I think he's a tall really good defensive defenseman that you know he gets points He's, he's not he's not the flashiest player he's he, but he was an all-star and he was an all-star because he was so good in his d zone he puts up great numbers uh in terms of like battles won turnovers and takeaways and i think that's just something that if i could be like him that'd be the best possible person you mentioned your dad earlier Caden, and i wanted to ask you about him uh, your stepfather is robin bawa he played in the national hockey league in the early 90s the first player of south asian descent to make it to the nhl how much of an impact has he had on you in your hockey career Oh uh, yeah, it's 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 been quite uh quite insane all he's done for me and all he's helped me with uh he's made a lot of decisions in my life like in terms of where I play hockey and I think that those decisions have just been so like they've drastically changed the way my career went and like especially like I, I didn't know where I was gonna play in Bantam and then uh, he told me to go to St George's and I didn't even heard the school and he's like you know what I think this would be great for you and it did really help me a lot and it taught me how to become a there's a great coaching staff there and it taught me really how to become a hockey player and you know he just really guided me guided me towards the dream I've had and guided me to the WHL he's done all that he's just in terms of just uh like the responsibility of a hockey player he's taught me like how to be how to act how to how to play and how to become a true professional and, and how to get to that level so he's definitely been a great mentor for me yeah and from what I remember and he played his junior in Kamloops and he was a very very elite junior player at this level um but he was a forward he was a guy who put up a ton of points how did how did you end up on the blue line yeah like I said Bob Yor uh 
that that was my idol growing up. I don't even know how. I just he just showed me who he was. So yeah, I just decided, you know what, I could maybe maybe I could be Bobby Orr. Maybe I could play both defense and offense and I could be a good defensive guy and then I could go score points if I wanted to. And yeah, that's kind of just how I decided to be a D man. Also, I was quite big when I was younger and everyone said, you know, you need height to play defense. So I kind of got pushed into that direction. I don't know if I would have been a Ryan Getzlaff or something like that, a big, <laughs> big, tall power forward. But, yeah, that's how, it, that's how it started. Before you popped in, we were talking about how you were our feature guest on the podcast and how sometimes players just need a, a change of scenery to really develop into the player that they can be. How much has your confidence grown since you came here to Swift Current and starting seeing regular ice time? Yeah, it's definitely been a change, but it's it's been a really positive change because I think, you know, sometimes people just need opportunities just to show who they are. And I think I've been really grateful to get, get the opportunity I've gotten here and I just want to make the most of it and yeah definitely the different landscape different team different uh different history so I think it's been really helpful and to make me the player I am right now yeah right so so what are your some of your goals going forward I think just you know to be a, to be an established player on the team to make an impact on the team and then to get noticed obviously right now I just need to keep playing the way I'm playing maybe get maybe play a little better and then increase my offensive production or increase my defensive production and then yeah get noticed and get seen off ice stuff here transitioning away from hockey you talked about doing some camps over the course of the summer but what else are you doing in the summer are you a guy who has an off-season job or are you kind of just focused on hockey throughout the summers uh, in vancouver what sorts of stuff are you doing yeah it's uh it's a busy summer i do do a lot of training throughout the day so i usually get home by about i don't know two or three so then the most uh, the rest of the day i try to hang out with my friends you know hang out with my family i like to play golf a lot even though i'm not very good at it you know first i just started golf this year actually so i'm i'm slowly improving but I do want to get into it, get a job in the summer. I haven't had one previously, but yeah, I think that's something big for me because I just grow the person who I am off the ice, and I think that uh, that's important. And then otherwise, yeah, it's kind of just relaxing and hanging out, taking care of my body, just focusing on hockey. Yeah, in your downtime, you you a big TV guy? Any shows that you're watching right now that you'd recommend? Oh, not right now, but I have I've finished three really good shows that I think everybody needs to watch in their lifetime. Uh, Game of Thrones, oh, not yeah. not very appropriate for the younger generation, <laughs> but if you're older and you want to watch it, uh, Breaking Bad and uh, Peaky Blinders. Oh, so, you're yeah. a Peaky Blinders guy, eh? <laughs> yeah, those are my top three in my opinion. <laughs> I, I am a decent. I watch a little bit of anime, so I watch like Naruto. Those are for the younger kids. I think a lot of kids would like that show but yeah not nothing too much right now but those are what i've been so far nice video games i play a lot of show now i got really really big into nhl 22 but uh call of duty Fortnite, you know some of those things sometimes with playing nhl 22 of course you're in the game now have you played as yourself in the game? <laughs> it's actually funny because my uncle got it for me because he wanted to see myself in the game and he's like you know what you gotta choose swift current you gotta choose swift current so yeah i've I played a couple games with myself i'm trying to get my 99 overall card in hut I, I see you guys tweet about that all the time how does do you have to like contact you how does that work i don't know I, i've been asking people but nobody's replied yet so i'm not very okay ba- ba- about back it. this up what are we talking about here <laughs> i, I uh, hockey ultimate team basically you get you get like you make your own team out of any player you want and you get different cards and yeah. if you're in the game you can actually get a 99 overall version of yourself oh. so all your stats are 99 and you become the best player in the game on your team ah. so yeah so in terms of like how they programmed your attributes accurate like did, did ea sports get you right <laughs> uh, i don't know i don't i don't even know how i'd rate myself it's it's tough <laughs> 
Maybe, sure. <laughs> well, hey, we, we really appreciate you doing this, man. And, yeah, thank you very much uh, you know, for having uh, me. you got a pretty competitive weekend coming up. You know, your former team is on the agenda. Calgary's on the agenda. Best of luck this weekend. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. All right, wrapping up another edition of Broncos this week. Uh, big thanks to interim head coach Devin Pratt for joining us and uh, Caden Sadra Kang. Not saying that not everyone isn't a great guest in their own way, but uh, really enjoyed sitting down and chatting with a well-spoken young man there. Yeah, he's uh, he's really enjoying life here in Swift Current. I think uh, big change of scenery for him, and uh, he's he's you know flourished uh, in that change of scenery. So he's having a great season, and nice to get a chance to sit down with him and uh, kind of talk about him and uh, his background a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, a big thanks to our two guests on the Broncos this week podcast. Busy weekend coming up as uh, we'll try and get two home games in against uh, Central Division rivals. We got the Calgary Hitmen here on Friday and then Lethbridge here on Saturday. Calgary, I guess you could label them sellers at this year's trade deadline. Yeah, and, and even before that when they moved Luke Prokop to Edmonton earlier in the season and yet despite that they're currently sitting in seventh uh, in the Eastern Conference with 36 points. So they just got a lot of depth. I think they have a lot of younger players on that roster now with some of those moves but still some dangerous players up front. Guys like Kale Zimmerman, Blake Stevenson who was picked up in that trade that saw their captain Jackson Vandalese go to Red Deer he's having a career year so far this season so the Hitmen uh, despite the fact that they move more of their quote-unquote high-end players are still a very dangerous opponent as the Broncos have seen this year uh, Calgary's won two of the first three meetings yeah I, you know I want to talk about uh, the standings and how things work this year we were just talking off microphone about this and uh, it, it used to be for the past few years there was that wild card playoff format but the league going back to the one versus eight two versus seven the way it was prior to I mean, I'm thinking five or six years ago. So the league pulling the plug on the wild card thing. So as of right now, Swift Current points-wise tied for that final playoff spot, but winning percentage-wise, uh, Regina would be ahead of us, eh? Yeah, and uh, and also Lethbridge too, because uh, uh, the Broncos have played 35 games and 30, 31 points. Regina currently sitting in eighth, also has 31 points, but they've played two fewer games than Swift Current. And then the Lethbridge Hurricanes, who will be here on Saturday, they also have 31 points, but they've only played 30 games so far this season. They have uh, the fewest games played by far. It's crazy to look up and down the standings around the league. Edmonton's played 39 games and Lethbridge has played 30. So it's <laughs> crazy how few games Lethbridge has played and how busy their second half of the season is. But these are important games. The Broncos play Lethbridge I think four more times this season and assuming the standings stay you know, relatively tight the rest of the way, those four games are very, very important ones for Swift Current. Absolutely. So two big games coming up this weekend. We hope to see you at the Innovation Credit Union IPlex. Friday night, Calgary in town. Saturday, we welcome the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Once again, a big thanks to interim head coach Devin Pratt and our feature guest, Caden Sadra-Kang, for joining us on this week's edition of Broncos This Week. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.